clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure. Where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. Just say hello, Greg. I mean, you're here. I mean, there's, uh, you know, the doc's just like chomping at the bit with anticipation. Good evening, all. <gasps> Hi, Greg. See? Yeah. <laughs> See how she pops up like that? <laughs> I don't. I've never had her react like that when we're in a. I, I don't want to talk is, about this. You know, Jeremiah, this is how you respond to like Dr. Leo or Laura Ronemacher comes on. So. Right here. And we're back. Yes, everyone, our illustrious correspondent Greg is here with us today, and nobody could be happier than the doc. And when we were offline, she was like, you know, Jeremiah, we don't need to show each other that level of emotion because our bond is so strong. And I call bullshit on that, (laughs) period, full stop, total garbage, and it's fine. It's totally fine. Strong. It's a strong reaction. Not, it's not a strong reaction. I might take 24 hours to think it through, and we'll have a t- conversation about it when we record again. Point is, we're here now. Let's jump in. Uh, announcements about announcements. The Amy book is out there. Hey, Doc, do we have a new uh, sex therapist shoot the shit coming down the pipe anytime not, soon? Um, yeah, actually, we're recording one next week. Ooh. Should everyone still be healthy? You know, it's a rough. <laughs> it's, it's a rough time. It's, it's a, a rough really time rough to schedule time. things with people. Um, yeah, we're gonna have it with the very amazing uh, Laura Rademacher and I will be doing sex therapy shoot the shit with the very amazing um, Dr. Katie Spencer, who is astounding. So we will promo that once it all gets up. But yeah, that's what's is Dr. Katie Spencer going to ever come on the University of Pleasure so her and I can I be hope friends? I so. I've asked her to come on and talk about a number of things, but she could. She is delightful. Okay. I can't Excellent. say enough good things. I think, Greg, are you typing? No. Nope. No, I was clicking a pen. I was oh like, my I, God. Like, like, I know. <laughs> not me. <laughs> Sorry. This has been a long day. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Did you forget you were in a recording studio? <laughs> Yes. The answer is absolutely yes. Uh, The answer is yes. Well, I'm happy to see that you're- I always have a pen whenever I, you know, like I don't prepare the episode so I can write down things that I think of when Greg is talking, right? Or you're talking, you know, so that's why I have a pen in my hand and I'm a nervous clicker. I have my pen right here too, Doc, but mine doesn't click. It's just a cap. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't have a pen, so I guess I'm not a part of this club <laughs> yet again. The two of you have such I a special bond. Is, is, it, is it the take notes and listen club? Well, how dare you? I take <laughs> mental notes throughout every episode. And my, this is a steel trap. It, everything stays right there, Doc. I can pull it out in a flash and be like, Got it. Kupow! 
I don't listen. You guys do your paper. I'm also about the environment, and I want to save paper and the trees. So you know, you guys are just a little bit selfish. That's not the point. Let's get back to what we're here for today. So uh, don't forget to check out the Amy book with Autumn and myself who wrote it. The uh, audio book, of course, was done by the incredible Kelly Dorney, my ex-wife, wonderful talent. And uh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe all of our, uh, you know, hashtags and at this and at that. Check them all out. They're really great. And of course, don't forget to check out our phone number 917-382-0653 leave us a message we love to hear from you and of course contact at universityofpleasure.com i said it so fast that time i'm like the micro machines guy from the 80s and this and this and this and this and this anyway what was that he was awesome he was the greatest i wonder if he's still alive i'm gonna look that up today see mental note no pen no paper required look up the micro machines guy I'll do that, and I'll send you a text, Doc, just to prove to you that I can remember. Okay? Great. Great. I don't... Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, we're here. Greg is here. We're all together in the University of Family, the Pleasure... The f- Use your words, Jeremiah. University of Pleasure Family. And it is, of course, one of our top episodes. Hot or not, Volume 5, Greg Reviews straight erotica okay i'm sure there's a longer name that i'm not remembering but it'll be in the writing part of the thing when i we upload it anyway the point is hot or not volume five greg that's a cheering that's me clapping for you what do you got for us big daddy um we have a book entitled beautiful bastard (laughs) by christina lauren and as much as that sounds like one name, it's actually two authors. What? Um, yeah. I don't understand. So Christina Lauren is actually written by a duo. But for their pen name, their nom de plume, they took each of their first names and made it into their author's names, Christina Lauren. So, so when, there's two people, it, but they go by one name. Like So the, the two, just two writers, one the, name. Yes, two writers, but they took basically like her first name, the other author's first name, and put it under the name Christina Lauren, which is the author's name on this book. Okay. So, Handsome Bastard, which sounds like it's my autobiography. Beautiful. Beautiful Bastard. bastard. Beautiful okay. bastard. See, told you, took I mental think note. Handsome bastard is a different book that absolutely should be written. Mm, yeah. Um, and I would full-heartedly agree after reading this one. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm I am interested in what. So, if is there anything you want to say about these authors? Like, these are very popular authors. I, truly, I I don't really. I, I want people to, you know, they can look. I mean, they have a, a number of books that have that are super popular, and I totally get that they have a following. Um, and again, this is just one snapshot into their world, um, but much like Fifty Shades of Grey, which I called Fifty Shades of Blah. This barely scathing in a scathing review. That was a scathing review. It was pretty brutal. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, this this is about 25 shades of blah. All right. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Th- wait, whoa, what? hang on a second. I need to roll this truck back up a second here. Uh, so you're saying Fifty Shades of Grey was, was – that was a really bad review, if I recall. And you're saying this one is as bad or half as bad? Um, Yes and no. I'm more so- yes, though. Okay, all right. All <laughs> I right. think we will learn more. Let's dive yes. in. Land it. All right. So, Beautiful Bastard is all about a workplace encounter on a multi-level kind of scenario um, about a boss and his assistant. And this assistant, who is a graduate student, has been working for this company, which is owned by the boss's family, um, for quite some time. And her boss, recently coming back from working in Europe, comes to help take over a division of this family's business. And they're thrown together in an office setting. Um, I guess, depending on your interpretation, um, a romance buds, but the very first chapter, which I will say, um, they dive right into the sex. That sounds like a good book. Except, uh, yeah, except it's not consensual. <gasps> oh, well, now I feel like an asshole. Right? Because I was getting all ready. I was like, okay, great. This is going to be good. Like, the doc even said, like, um, I, how did you describe it? Um, it was like a, a rosé kind of... Yeah, it's like real, yeah, ro- like Chardonnay and bathtubs. Kind <laughs> right? of. Um... Exactly. I was already who, I don't normally drink rosé, but I found a nice dry rosé that I liked. I was ready to just pop it open, open up this book, get a little cozy, and right away from the first chapter, I was like, what? Yeah, so I think it, um, so these authors have written a lot of erotica, um, or and a lot of like kind of romance, uh, contemporary romantic fiction. This is probably their first, I would say, like big hit, I guess. Uh, so this is one of their, I guess we, we picked their most classic, I guess. Right work um yeah do you want to talk a little bit about i am interested in sort of i have read this book jeremiah i'm sure you read it uh, i read the well. whole thing it was uh excellent i uh, i give it a i give, I give it a stars of some kind it's great great um so do you want to Greg, talk a little bit about the the stuff that was non that felt non-consensual um well sure the very first chapter the scenario is set up, they're in this, you know, they work in this giant office building and they're, you know, up on whatever, the 19th floor, blah, I'm blah, I'm sorry, blah, I didn't blah, mean blah. to stop you. I want to set the scene for me here. Even though I read the book uh, in a very detailed reading type manner, <laughs> uh, like when does this take place? Like, is it modern day? Yes. Okay. Go yeah, ahead, please I mean, continue. For uh, those who didn't yeah. read. As in, like, 2013 when it was written. Got it. Does that make sense? Yep, I'm with you 100%. In a big city, I think. Um, yes, they are in Chicago. Okay. The Windy City. We love Chicago. Yay, mm-hmm. Navy Pier. Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> I digress. Um, 
So the very opening scene is they're in this office building. They're located on, like I said, I think it's the 19th floor. And everyone else is out of the building. This boss who, by reputation, before he ever gets there, is known as a giant a-hole. But that he's very driven and good at what he does. And so he's going to come help the family business. And, you know, everyone is just going to understand. But, but the family that also works there knows that he's very difficult to work with. So they pair him up with this young lady. And um, her name is Miss Mills. And she is this up-and-coming grad student who has, you know, great potential. Everything about her is awesome. She's beautiful. Um, she's detail-oriented. She's driven. So they're kind of setting it up that you've got, like, the female version and the male version of mostly the same kind of personality. So you're just ready to see them. Oh, great. They're going to butt heads. It's going to create some tension. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, that like that kind of like hate porn, you know, yeah. where people like like hate turns to love, hate turns to passion. Yeah, you know? exactly. The very that's a very common like literatica and oh, I would yeah, say yeah. romantic. Absolutely. Like, you know, I hate you. I hate you. You're the worst. But it's like like in like when you're like in elementary school and it's like, I hate them, but you actually really secretly like them. Yeah. 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 Uh, yes. And, and one of the notes that I had was halfway through the book, there is a line where she, Miss Mills is telling her friend about, okay, the cat's out of the bag. I'm sleeping with my boss. Um, and her friend's like, so you don't want to be with him, but you can't stay away. And she's like, yes, it's horrible. And this is halfway through the book. I'm so confused already. So uh, they don't like each other, but they're really into each other. The sex was not consensual. How was it not consensual? Because the first scene, they're left alone, the two of them, in this giant office building. Then he calls her into a conference room um, to go over details for whatever you know account that uh um that they're working on and then all of a sudden he just starts putting his hands on her pressing her up against the glass window for you know that's 19 floors up so that all of chicago can see her hoo-ha oh. and 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 then she's just kind of like uh um okay and then after the sex is over. She just tears out the building. So it's did she very, officially you know, say no? I'm confused about the consensual thing. Um, there was no asking. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. It it's does. a very, it's a, I'm going to put it in terms for you, Jeremiah. Remember when I ruined Rocky? Oh, no. Right? You remember? Not, oh, not this. Yeah. No. That's exactly it. Yes. Remember when I ruined Rocky and there's that scene in Rocky where, like, she doesn't and let this her is leave. A really, this is a really common trope in a lot of, like, sex scenes and erotic fiction, right? Where, like, somebody is like, the no, 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 yes, right? So, like, that scene in Rocky, right? Like, Adrian is like, 
Isn't she in his apartment? She's in the apartment. He shows her the turtles, and then she tries to leave. I don't want to talk about this again. It's just it's one of my yeah. favorite and movies. Then, you're you just know, stabbing through she, the heart. But then she ends up being like, I like it, right? Yeah. Like, leave me, it's the leave me alone, leave me alone. Okay. Right. Like, it's sort of that dynamic, which I will say, like, if I can just be a little nerdy here for a minute. Please. The... <clears throat> I would be interested, like, so um, I have read a number of their books. I think that, I think the Me Too really shifted a lot of stuff and how people thought about how they were writing about consent, just to say that piece out loud. Um, and so it, it would be interesting to compare that to maybe ways in which they write and they're more frequent books. But that that scene of, like, forced, like, forced or, like, non-consensual sex like that's a really popular theme of erotica and it's you see it in pornography as well right like forced right. sex right or stuff that's kind of on the edge of feeling forced does that make sense for whatever reason does seem to have some erotic interest to people that doesn't mean here's remember we talk all the time on this podcast about like fantasy doesn't necessarily equal what someone wants in real life, right? Like, so somebody can be like, wow, like that's really hot, that idea that there's a little bit of like force or even frankly, if we're being honest, non-consent, but that doesn't mean that somebody then in real time would actually want that to be a part of their sexual dynamic. So just to say that out loud, because you'll, that is a, a, a theme that you find in a lot of erotica and also in a lot of pornography, generally speaking. Okay, fine. And so ruining so much for me, it doesn't continue on, Greg, with this. <laughs> what thing. are we ruining? Just we already ruined Rocky. What are we ruining now? I, you know, he's taking the fun out of it, Doc. You're taking the fun <laughs> out of things. Okay, it, it doesn't matter. Greg, I mean, get back to the story. <laughs> I do understand that they're trying to set up this tension between okay here's our daytime selves where whatever he says she's gonna have a snide remark and whatever she says he's gonna have a snide remark so that the rest of the world just sees them as like oh my god i can't believe they haven't killed one another yet but they're so both driven and they're so both good at their jobs look at what they do for the company where on you know then when after 5 p.m all of a sudden you see the different side where she starts allowing herself more time with with him in a sexual way and i will say one of the things that i did actually like about the book is when they do describe or when they do write an actual erotic scene it's done really well the whole thing that ruins it for me is that the premise that it's based on this like you know, love-hate kind of relationship because it just it just takes way too long. You know, like it's like, oh my gosh, this is not developing or not going anywhere. And you know, like I'd be probably done with the bottle of rose and be like, are we having sex again? Okay, great. So it's a slow burn. It's a super slow burn. It is. And and there's just a couple of things that I guess, you know since this is like fantasy erotica kind of stuff, like I understand much like Fifty Shades of Grey, you've got this like gorgeous man who is a billionaire, blah, 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 blah. So you've got this gorgeous man, this beautiful bastard whose family is very successful in Chicago. Mm. You know, he just came, he was working for L'Oreal in Paris before he, you know, came here. Um, awesome. 
Now, her, on the other hand, is a 23-year-old grad student who grew up in a small town who just happens to befriend someone who works for Gucci that gives her free clothes to wear to the office. Well, I mean, uh, it's I mean, a possibility. I mean, what if you met, you know, way back in the day, a little known fact about Greg, our correspondent, he used to work for a very high-end retailer and uh, it was called Coach. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's handbags for uh, the wealthy and affluent people out there. And uh, in fact, I had a Coach wallet because I didn't even know they made things for men. Anyway, it's not the point. The point is, what if, Greg, you befriended this young, you know, clearly very attractive 23-year-old grad student and draped her in coach. I mean, I'm just saying it's possible. I'm saying it is possible, but then the fact, too, that what she doesn't know is the person who works at La Perla. And if you don't know what that is, Jeremiah, you should Google it right now and look at it because you love it. La Perla? La Perla where if you want to spend $650 on a bra, that's where you go. La Perla. And and she buys her bras and panties at La Perla. The intern, by the way. The intern. (laughs) Ooh, these are nice. These are nice things. It's very, very nice lingerie for the affluent and wealthy. Yeah, I mean, it looks very expensive. Uh, Oh, very, very expensive. And, you know, and I don't know, you know, Doc, when you were working on your master's or even your doctorate, if you had to work somewhere, I don't know if you had. That was my rent. What you're describing is my rent on a bra. That would be my rent. I realize this is fantasy, but there's something a little missing here that she makes enough money as an intern or working for this company that she can go to La Perla and buy lingerie, which she has to do throughout the entire book because every time there is a sexual encounter she's got a new la perla outfit on he rips her underwear off oh no and then keeps it as a trophy okay well i just want you all to know first and foremost uh that is a little bit strange to keep a trophy however I just said accept all cookies on the uh, La Perla website here, and uh, I could understand why he might keep some of these. These look fancy. I mean, this is some fancy stuff. I know this isn't an episode about me. I'm sorry about making it about me, but he did tell me. Don't give me that look, Doc, because he told me to look it up, okay? She looks so unimpressed right now. No, no. I'm just, I want you to know, like, I I mean, it. I mean, well, if he's ripping these underwear off and he just takes them home and fixes them, he might have been making a profit. This book could go a totally different direction. I don't think he's fixing them. I don't think he's, no, he's, he's destroying not fixing, them. He keeps them in a drawer in his desk. Oh, okay. Well, then he's not fiscally responsible. Continue. Well, he doesn't need to be. He is very wealthy. Oh, he's super uh, wealthy. I know. I read the book. It's, uh, but all, they, I mean, I'm not going to lie. A lot of the characters in erotic fiction are like wealthy, right? Like a lot of them, cause it's fantasy, right? Like wealthy, like tall, everyone's like six, seven statistically, you know, like everyone's penis is like, you know, eight to 10 inches. It's okay. just, yep. just things that really defy. And that part I get is part of the fantasy. But if I'm a 23 year old intern and I am losing $650 panty and bras, 
on a multi-day basis, you know, like that's not sustainable. Well, that I, you know what I appreciate about more. this review is that you are concerned about sustainability and her financial responsibility. And it does uh, seem it does seem like the core concern in the review is it, the, it is so a bit far. of a I mean, so far that's what I've gotten. So we're gonna take a quick break here and then we're gonna get back to the storyline. But I just want you to know, Greg, I appreciate you. I appreciate sure. you worrying about her finances and the <laughs> and uh, we will be right back. And we are back reviewing a book called Inglorious Handsome Bastards. <laughs> oh, this something is just like that. Keep something yeah. like that. Can I can I say something before we move on about panty stealing? Yeah, tell me all about it, Doc, because I don't know anything about it. I don't understand it, and it sounds strange. Well, in the book, if I'm remembering correctly, Greg, she's like angry but into it, right? Yeah. It's been a long time since I've read this book. Um, like, she's, like, angry but into it. You know, like, so, like, that, like, we think about it from, like, an erotic standpoint, right? Like, there, and this is just me more talking generally, right? Not necessarily about this book specifically, but, like, sometimes there's things around that. Like, what is an erotic component of that? Like, one of those might be, like, the, the power dynamic, you know, where somebody is, like, I own this thing of yours. And someone's, like, I hate that you took that, but also, like, that's kind of hot, right? Like that, right. And I think some people like that idea of like um, taking something, a trophy, right? Like those are those can be parts of like certain maybe sometimes like more kinky player, like kinky dynamics. And not I'm not even saying anything that atypical. But to your earlier point, usually better when both people have arranged and agree to it, and it feels really nice and consensual, <laughs> right? Versus just like. I say this because actually, like as a as a clinician, I worked with, I worked with lots of people over the years separately, which is not really what this book is about. Uh, that have gotten in trouble for stealing underwear from people, like their homes or you know uh, stores, or without people's consent, and that's a sex crime. I want to be very clear, that's a sex crime. Wow, right? it's a and legit that, sex crime to steal underwear. You break into someone's home and steal their underwear somewhat. And I think there's lots of pieces of that. Listen, right? I'm, I didn't mean to. Hey, I just want to be very clear to our audience here. I didn't say that like, oh, crap, I might be in trouble. I just meant like, <laughs> like I didn't, I was not aware. Continue. I mean, that's great. That's illegal, yeah, right? Okay. Like, But there are, you know, so the, it's obviously like a continuum, right? Like some people might find that very erotic or engage in that in ways that are really obviously problematic if you're not getting consent for those type of things or you're doing it in a manner that's legal. However, that power dynamic of like trophy keeping or something like that, when that's arranged, can be very fun and very hot. But context, context and consent, these are always incredibly important things. Well, Just saying that out loud. Well, because the bone collector was based on a trophy collector. <laughs> there was no consent there. And everyone- I don't even know, is the I'm assuming human bones. I'm assuming yes. it's human bones, okay. Yes. So it's, 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 but I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, I didn't know if that is hot to. I just want to be very clear that there is probably a uh, vivid video version of the bone collector called the boner collector. Like I, it's gotta be out there. It's got to be mm, out there. Maybe for Greg's next review, we should have him try to find the boner collector. The boner collector. <laughs> Help me Amazon. Help me Amazon. Uh, but so, yeah, so that's, I mean, if that is something that women, you know, like in this, the whole power 
kind of struggle thing, I may have a, you know, difficulty understanding that because I don't mind a strong person, you know, like taking charge, but like, like just don't start assuming stuff. And there's just a lot of what seems to be assumptions in this book that make it less hot when you actually then get to the scenes. Mm. Yeah, I think a part of maybe that dynamic, I know, and this is just me more musing, like, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering maybe for some people, like, there's a bit of a dominance feel, right? Like that, I mean, it's the same thing, like, really, to a certain degree that you're talking about that was appealing with Fifty Shades of Grey, right? This, like, right. those dynamics are very, same. like, she was a college student, right? Graduating college, like, this sort of, like, um, this, like, very worldly, rich, sort of man in charge that's kind of like educating some like in that was in 50 shades of gray right yeah. like let me show you the sexual ropes but this dynamic is a little different because that character is the same but this woman if i remember correctly is also quite dominant and a yeah. lot of their tension is is a fight for dominance actually with one another if i'm remembering it correctly you which can be a fun correct. erotic experience but you know to your point, if you put it in real time, also, you know, again, well, things and, you would arrange potentially with somebody. And one of the things that I liked and disliked all at the same time is she comes to realization that, like, hey, I'm putting a lot more shit on the line here than he is. Because if, let's say, the cat got out of the bag and people found out that she was sleeping with her boss, in her mind, she was like, well, that means everyone isn't gonna look at the work that I've done. They're just thinking I'm sleeping my way to the top. And if they got caught, you know, it's like the good old boys club pats, you know, um, uh, the boss on the back just to say, hey, yeah, you know, we've all strayed, we've all done this, blah, 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 whatever. But it could literally ruin any career that this woman is going to have. And so part of that, I was like, well, that's kind of brave to kind of just throw caution to the wind. And that I thought, hey, could be really hot from like his perspective, like, look at what she's doing. But then in the same respect, it could have been just downright stupid if, you know, something like something slips, someone found out. And that's like, you've now ruined your entire life for everything that you've been studying for up to this point. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, my, Jeremiah's advice to this young woman would be very simple. Like, look, if you're, you know, if this was consensual and you're happy to be doing this, who cares what people think? You know what I mean? Who cares? If you're putting in the work anyway and you really can show that you've done the work, who cares what people think? Would you agree with that, Doc? Like, if she's living her life, you know, and she's put in the time and I she's mean, I... done the spreadsheets. It doesn't matter that she, <laughs> like, you know, is sleeping with She's done the spreadsheets. She's a, um, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot to a business degree, and mostly it's just spreadsheets at the See? end of the day. Yeah. Um, what else? I like that. If she's done the spreadsheets, that's great. Um, I think that, like... In a perfect world, Jeremiah, your so these things are real things, right? That have that yeah. people in so this is fantasy, right? Yes. In fantasy, things often work out really well. But like this is a real dynamic in which somebody with less power 
finds themselves in a sexual or even romantic situation with somebody with more power and particularly power over their set of circumstances. And what you said, Jeremiah, like theoretically, I go, yeah, like, well, you do you, right? If you, but that doesn't mean like if you put that in context and in real time that there might not be very real consequences. Like, so I've, I have worked with people who, whose careers have gotten impacted negatively, right? By maybe being in a consensual relationship with somebody who had maybe more power or more notoriety, right? Like you'll see stuff like, if we take it out of this book or out of this context, like sometimes you'll, you know, see, um, I don't know, like in like the news or in like kind of gossip magazines around like, you know, people who have partnerships with like people that have like greater celebrity than them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden people are like, well, I don't want to be known as so-and-so's partner, right? Or so-and-so's boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it might be. Like that's how now people would associate with me if, you know, and then if we don't work out, like I'm the fool that was what, you know what I mean? And like, so those things like can have very real consequences for people. Yes, they, can, they totally well, can. But here's my issue with that, Doc. Okay. And here's the thing, because this is a little known fact. My, my wife, whom, you know, obviously she's my person, she's my queen and I love her very much, but I could have been married to one of the Avengers. Okay. And then she cock blocked me when... Scarlett Johansson came and saw a show that I was starring in that my wife was actually my boss in and we were just friends. And I could have been married to that adventure. And I'll tell you right now, and my wife says like, well, you know, you'd be divorced now. And I'm like, yeah. And you'd be known for being just like her husband. I'm like, uh-huh. And yeah, I would be. And she, I would have been like, yeah, that adventure, I was married to her. And I get spousal support now because I'm the lowly guy that was just married to the uh, the Avenger. So, I mean, if I, if, if your old pal Jeremiah James could make peace with it, I think other people should be able to make peace. You know what I'm saying, Doc? You follow where well, I'm going with this uh, narrative? When I was reading it, I wasn't really thinking about that. Although, Doc, I can say there is truthiness to what he was saying. Boom. This story telling so um so i know that that may be hard to believe but yes he actually did get blocked by his current wife at the opportunity to perhaps go out with an avenger that's right we're so. making a lot of assumptions about how where fate well yeah we would have gone but again, we would have been together like we would have been together doc and that's just the way it would have been and uh so scarlett johansson if you're listening if you'd like to come on the university of pleasure and talk to me uh about it just as friends because I'm married to McQueen, and I'm sorry that it didn't work out for us, but we would love to have you come on uh, to the University of Pleasure, and I thank you. Continue on, Greg, with your review, please. Well, I, I, I wasn't thinking about your scenario in particular, but, and again, this isn't the exact same, but I was thinking about the White House and mm -hmm. Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. Oh. That is actually what I was thinking about as well. And, oh, that's and why you had a sour look on your face, so you didn't like, like my story. You, you went right to this power dynamic. I understand. Okay, it's cool. Continue. I, I'm just saying, like your story, I, I'm sure I will use in multiple other reviews. But right now, this just wasn't. It wasn't the perfect fit. Okay. This one, me. Where as I was reading it, that's the first thing that popped in my head. I was like, oh my god. And then look what happened to Monica Lewinsky. You know, it's like she was infamous perhaps for a while and then faded into the background and now has recently kind of re you know has reemerged as like oh okay like 
this is what I did. This is who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Suck it up. And, and for the most part, people are like, yeah, okay. Yeah. We're over it kind of thing. But at the time, you know, like, I don't know if that's exciting to people to almost kind of like the fear of being caught, but times a thousand, you know, because it's not just getting caught in public, which is, you know, can be very erotic or that you guys have talked about before, but this is like getting caught and then changing the entire direction of your life. Like that's putting all your chips in and open to God that, okay, that's great. Is that a healthy thing? is what I'm, I guess I'm questioning. Yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine, like, I mean, given that this is fiction, they could write the ending however they wanted it, right? Like, they right. could create that. I think in real time, right, like, you know, lots of people end up married to or in long-term relationships with people that began in a power dynamic like that. And it turns out just fine, right? It turns out great for them. And then there are other people in which that, that power dynamic, because of all the you know, like contextual factors is really damaging to their experience. And so it is definitely one where like, you know, I think about like even clients I've worked with that have been in situations, right? I, it would be a, a dynamic in which I'm saying no judgment and proceed with caution, right? Like that's probably how like I would conceptualize it, which is like, you know, like I think of this idea of informed consent, right? And if you feel like you can fully consent to something and you have a sense of awareness about the risks, like then to a certain degree, like if consent is able to be given, right? Like right. now you have the right to make your choices and you know, those consequences are yours to have or to not have. Now, to be fair, like we can get it, we won't today. We could get into all sorts of like really difficult dialogues around like, when can consent truly be given when there are certain specific power dynamics at play, blah, blah, blah. Way too, we should have that conversation someday. Today. Yeah, we, we totally should have that part. conversation. I'm sorry to stop you, Doc, but you know, I have somebody that I think we could call. I have a really good friend and her name uh, is, uh, her is Loradamacher. And uh, <laughs> if we, I can get her on the phone. Like if we wanted, we I could call her up and maybe invite her back on to talk a little bit more consent stuff here. Uh, That's that... good. We should. Laura has great, wonderful things to say about yeah. consent. We, we've actually done some stuff about consent within power dynamics of sex mm -hmm. but actually it is an interesting dialogue around negotiating power dynamics within relation relationships right so like you're talking about a really specific context in terms of like career right so which does have meaningful impact on somebody's life although i am curious just because i know we have limited time left what did you think about once i think because later on the book consent is definitely a little bit more given right like in the beginning mm -hmm. it's a little dicey and then and then it's more consensual what did you think about the sex scenes themselves what's your review of their ability to write sex the sex scenes themselves are great i mean <laughs> i i let me put an asterisk next to that they're great but then after a while it gets very almost predicted you know predictable and and i'm like okay here we go again it and again if that's your cup of tea is to you know have your panties ripped off and you're doing it on the conference room table or you're doing it in a bathroom or you're doing it wherever like the location changes but the sex generally is the same until they try to change it where all of a sudden this asshole of a boss suddenly becomes 
much more sensitive, realizing, oh, this isn't just about sex. I'm really falling for this woman, and she's changed me, and I'm like, get out of here. Like, yeah. That's fantasy. <laughs> because anyone who is that ruthless in business that's coming here that, you know, is this worldly, has women pawning all over him, I don't think is just going to all of a sudden one day be like, Okay, I'm done with that. Now I just want to be with you and have babies. Because I'm sorry, that no law, like, like, I think that's the true fantasy of this book is thinking that this woman was going to change this man from what he was for all of his life to this now new and improved person. So it sounds like if I'm, if I'm, this book, we you because you've reviewed a few for us now, right? It sounds like you were really struggling with sustaining your disbelief, like sustaining your like sort of disbelief in terms of like the you know like because we watch fantasy all the time and it's like you know like Spider Man, sure, like we're climbing from the buildings, right? And like we can kind of sustain our disbelief to a certain degree, and it doesn't interfere with our enjoyment of the film or the fantasy. Right. And it sounds like in this book there was just a bunch of pieces that made it hard for you to sort of like not be distracted by them, I guess. Well, yeah, because they're like, again, you need to have some sort of an, if you're going to write a book and be a storyteller, otherwise break up each of these scenes, shoot it in the studio in Van Nuys and throw it on, you know, Pornhub and people will be like, <laughs> oh my God, that got 95%. Oh my I God. Would have, uh, I would have, I would, yeah, I would watch those videos based but on everything we, you're saying. We, Try and put it into a context of a book and a story, then that's why I said each individual scene, great. If I just read the passage of like, oh crap, I don't know anything about these characters, but wow, are they getting it on. But you know what's really interesting is some people may really be reading the story to get to those scenes, right? So like this is, and this is uh, like- Jeremiah. Um, uh, if I read, <laughs> you'd probably be right. <laughs> like, so one of the things, and this is like a bigger, nerdier sort of thing, but like um, different people sometimes have different ways of accessing erotic material that feels approachable to them, right? So right. like we look at like the infamy of and like the popularity of Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Like billion, like I think it's something like over like a billion or something people read that. I could be wrong, right? It's like 500 million. It's a lot. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's a lot. Like, it's, it's, it's like yeah. 750 it's million. It's a crazy people, amount of right? Multiple languages, yeah. And part of it was because it was packaged in a way that I think allowed some people who maybe normally wouldn't engage with erotic material, it felt approachable to them, right? It was like, you know, the sugar that makes the sour go down a little easier or whatever it was like whatever i don't know they i'm probably in dangerous territory making those type of analogies but like um and so i think for some people right the story even if it's a little flimsy even if it's a little flawed like they might want to be engaging with those sex scenes and that really is like with 50 days of gray like a lot of people, let's be real, we're not reading it for the hot, like the really phenomenal literary, <laughs> right. like capacity of that. And I think similarly, now don't get me wrong, there's maybe plenty of people that read Beautiful Bastard, enjoyed it, like the sex scenes, totally also totally cool to go on Pornhub and watch 
scenes, right? No issues in either direction. And then there might be some people that read books like this that that is where they're getting those scenes and those erotica, but there's something about it being placed in this like package of a, a longer story that feels like a book that makes it feel more approachable. It's just like, has it, have either of you ever seen the show Outlander? I don't believe in it. In a couple of episodes, um, actually thanks to uh, Jeremiah's wife. Yeah, so Outlander's great. By the way, uh, the books are fantastic, really well written as an aside, they are very well written. But like a lot of people, right, like, find out they're like that's a really good fantasy book and they're like okay and then they're like but with really good sex scenes and people are like how interesting this pulls my attention a little bit more right and so sometimes i think especially in a culture we've talked a lot in this culture about like shame and sex and like sometimes there are certain like uh vehicles right that seem more approachable to people to engage with erotica in certain ways and i think these type of books i you know like these kind of literatica, uh, people might call them women's lit. It depends, right? There's all sorts of debate about what you should call a thing and no one get mad at me. I don't know the right, like I'm sure that someone will be like, that's not. Yeah, but, somebody's gonna be mad. Don't worry about that. But either way, right? Like that for some people, this is what feels like an approachable way. And so like when you talk about like you could go on and you could watch those scenes and they'd be hot. Some people might be like, I don't feel comfortable engaging with the scenes in that way. That feels too whatever, but I can read this book. And this helps me, like, you know, that story preps me, right? Like it's a cushion, it's a cushion to a certain way and it feels more comfortable. I'm not judging that by the way, right? Like there are lots of different ways to engage with erotica and that's one mm -hmm. of them. Well, I, I mean, so are we just saying that here, Greg, uh, how many stars are we giving this book today? Are we giving it, uh, 2.5 out of 5, a thumbs up, a thumbs down, which is always my favorite with the doc. Like, where... That's a different segment. <laughs> I know it's a different segment, but I just, I love it so much. All right, so what is your review? Quick synopsis. 5 out of 5, 4 out of 5, where are we at? Um, well, before I give the the stars, I this is the best way for me to kind of describe it in, in, in my gaydom, is I think of this current book, like the musical Mamma Mia. <laughs> Great musical numbers throughout, very loose, terrible story around it. As opposed to Fifty Shades of Grey, which is at least a little bit more like, let's throw in like Phantom of the Opera, you know? Well-written, music's good. But neither of them are a full Les Mis or a ragtime where you got knock it out of the park story and knock it out of the park scenes. So I would give this book, I'd say one and three quarter stars because I gave Fifty Shades of Grey, I think, two stars. Wow. One and three quarter stars. By the way, the entire musical theater lexicon hates you for half of the things you just compared this book to. <laughs> um, but that's okay. Get those emails. I will I will defend my position. 
That's okay, right. and we respect you, and we love you, and we're grateful you took the time to read this amazing book, which, of course, I read as well. I just was testing all of you. But I uh, want to say thank you, Greg, for the review. One and three-quarter stars out of five. That is not a favorable review, but if you are somebody out there that really likes jumping back into the panty-ripping uh, sexual world, then uh, this book might be right up your alley, and uh, the doxes are quite popular, so maybe you should check them yeah, out. Yeah, this, these, uh, this, uh, this team of authors, they've, they've got a lot of books, and yeah. I would say that they're... You know, you go to Barnes & Noble and you're going to see their books yeah. out on one of those front shelves. And we like don't like yucking anybody's yum here, as the doc would say. So if that's your jam, rock and roll, this is just Greg's review. And uh, Greg, thank oh, you for wait, being here. Oh, wait, I a... forgot. What? Hang on. The worst part, they don't even end up together. Oh, well, now you ruined it. You ruined they it. Look, you, I got to have to go back. I'm going to have to put spoilers on this. Portions of it. All the erotic stuff is still there, but then this isn't this isn't going to be a changed like oh look at that they all lived happily ever after, they don't. <laughs> Wait, did you finish the book? They do. No, they do. She I takes somebody off. here is lying. I think you're missing some pages. I think you're missing some pages. There is a happy ending. So. Well, last... we're not going to have time to figure it out today because we'll, this episode's you know coming what? to an end. Yeah, we'll come back to it, but yes. I've I'll come back to this. Greg, talk, I think yeah. I think you I think you lost a chapter because <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just want to say thank you, Greg, for being on, as always. Greg may have not even been reading the actual book that we were reviewing today. It might have been a different <laughs> book. We don't know, but we're all professionals here at the University of Pleasure. <laughs> we really keep a tight ship. <laughs> but I love you, Greg. Thank you so much. Love you guys. And uh, I just you, want to say, Doc, thank you, as always, for everything that you do for so many people. And if you need help out there, folks, don't forget to go out and reach out to someone like the Doc before things get too hard. And remember... Just be kind to one another. It's tough out there. And uh, we'll talk to you all again next week. Bye, Doc. Hey, real quick, Jeremiah. I just wanted to say, for our next episode, I was hoping we could do sexy and sabotage. Oh, no. God, no. Oh. It's going to be my It reminded me when we were talking about Rocky that <laughs> no. we haven't done it lately. Oh, come on. If people remember what sexy and sabotage is, is we have Jeremiah pick two sex scenes, one in which he thinks is a really good sex scene and one in which he doesn't think it's a good sex scene. And then we talk about them and we call and it sexy and sabotage and it's one of my favorite them. things to do. She ruins them for me. And no, I not always. Sometimes I have positive things to say. But you have not said anything positive yet. I'm sorry. That's I, not true. Go I back and listen. I'm going to go. Don't. I, I steal trap. I don't need to take notes. It's all right <laughs> here, Doc. I can pull it out in a heartbeat. And I would prove it to everybody right now, but we got to go. So thank you all <laughs> so much for being here. And we'll talk to you all again next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Felstein. Additional multimedia support by associate producer Kyle Binkley. 
And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media.